Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back in to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, we appreciate you always, and we appreciate the old school by the phone listeners. You are a massive army, and thank you, thank you so much. And again, to anyone that has found this podcast recently, for whatever reasons you might have found it, however you landed on us in the past couple of days or couple of weeks, we appreciate you. Hope you stick around. There are going to be so many episodes for you this month. Uh, Full-on college hoops overload. David Cobb is joining me for our SEC tournament preview episode. Cobb, tell you what, he's bounced all around the country. What? what, I don't even know. What state are you in right now? Well, actually, I'm in the state where the SEC tournament will be contested. I'm in Tennessee and planning to make my way over to Nashville and be at Bridgestone Arena Thursday through Saturday uh, for some of this tournament. So I was glad that you guys let me come on and talk about this one. There's no letting. We want you to be here and we're happy that you're here and thank you for obliging us. So yes, we are going to talk SEC tournament on this episode. This is our second of six uh, big six conference tournament preview episodes. And the SEC tournament is going to be in Nashville. Cobb will be on hand. It's going to run Wednesday through Sunday. The title game will air one Eastern on Sunday on ESPN. The SEC tournament title game famously or infamously seems to matter less and less each season, no matter if uh, if the team in that or the teams in that game uh, stand to theoretically be boosted on the seed line in the tournament. It never seems to happen all that much. Going to be an intriguing one for sure. Uh, the bracket in this one has some similar vibes. If you're watching, you can see Nada has put up the bracket. Thank you for that, buddy. Appreciate you so much. You can see how there's there's a, a lot of potential for some noise, some some chaos, and some good uh, some good variance in this one. For you, as we look at this bracket, let's talk storylines as we do off the top. Who? What? I think it's obvious, but I'm going to tee you up anyway. What is the prevailing storyline of this SEC tournament as we get ready for to, to get underway on Wednesday? Yeah, I think from a national perspective, the most interesting thing is seeing whether or not Alabama can get back on track. Uh, since the Brandon Miller revelations, they really haven't been the same. The last four games, I mean, obviously they started out with that overtime win at South Carolina. 
two close wins followed that. Uh, and then they lost to Texas A&M. And over his last three, you know, Brandon Miller is, is four of 24 from three-point range. I mean, th- these guys were blowing people out for the majority of the conference slate in the last couple of weeks. That just hasn't been the case. So can Alabama, who is likely to be a number one seed for the NCAA tournament, start to look like itself again? Because if it can't, I think that's going to impact where uh, how far a lot of people select Alabama to go in the big dance. Yeah, that in addition to everything with the Brandon Miller, Jaden Bradley story, that's going to continue to be a thing. Uh, We will see um, if either player winds up speaking to media this week in Nashville uh, would fully anticipate uh, just a a nothing but no comment situation, which they're obviously entitled to do if they could ask about that stuff. But um, but if not, then then the NCAA tournament obviously uh, comes after that. Uh, You know, correlation isn't necessarily causation in this specific instance instance here but since the story and and brennan miller's and bradley's involvement in um in the scene that led to the uh, the killing uh, of jamia harris since that became publicly known uh, alabama has just has has been has been stumbling since and um uh, the attention's only just going to get it's going to get more you know and so that story will continue to uh to move along and it is the biggest thing heading into the sec tournament some could argue it's actually still the biggest thing heading into the conference tournaments although while while college basketball's universe has so many plot lines just emerging left and right across the country uh, from a, from a national standpoint. Uh, certainly that, that ranks uh, near, if not at the top other yeah. one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say from an off the court, put the off court, off the court stuff aside, this team reminds me in this moment and we'll see this week, whether or not this is true or not, but they remind me a little bit in this moment of last year's Auburn team. So dominant throughout the regular season, rising to number one on the yeah. back of a projected lottery pick and dynamic forward and Jabari Smith. Uh, similar games, mind you, as well, with uh, Jabari Smith's three-point shot and, and Brandon Miller as well. Uh, and then down the stretch, it's just like Auburn petered out a little bit last year. Still had a really nice seeding for the NCAA tournament, but uh, they couldn't recapture their their former glory, I suppose. And, and I do wonder, are we seeing that uh, come to fruition with Alabama here? So that's... I know, a, a comparison to make there within within the state of Alabama from just a year ago. I'm not saying for sure that's happening. It just feels like things are trending in that direction from an on-court standpoint for Alabama. Um, for those listening, a reminder on the seating here, Bama's the one, Texas A&M's the two, Kentucky's the three, and Mizzou, Mizzou, yeah. It's the four seed, Tennessee's the five, Vandy's the six, Vandy, yeah, Vandy's the six. Auburn's the seven. Florida is the eight. My storyline, another one to keep an eye on, is just Kentucky in general. Wildcats have gotten their act together and have started to give that fan base some real cause for optimism, which was not there until two and a half weeks ago, basically. I mean, they're just fits and starts for this program, but Kentucky is, is positioning itself well heading into the SEC tournament. Right now, like at worst, it would be a six seed in the tournament, in my opinion, in the NCAA tournament. And how that team uh, comports itself uh, going in is going to be very intriguing there. Uh, Oscar Shibway is the reigning national player of the year. He hasn't been a first-team All-American. Really hasn't been a second-team All-American at this point. So um, th- thankfully enough, Antonio Reeves has has come to life and, and been uh, and been major. Case and Wallace, we wait on when he will return. Uh, Severe Wheeler still out. Jacob Toppin has been good. Um, still a team with holes. Uh, CJ Frederick has not been av- available the entire season. So we wait on that, but Kentucky and what it does, it's always a, it's always a storyline, but because it's gotten its act together and won five of its past six, the only loss happening by two at home to, to Vandy, but Vandy has been hot is, uh, is, is something I'll certainly keep an eye on. Um, 
Any other thoughts on the bracket before we get into the players to know here? Yeah, I mean, the most interesting game to me in the in the more preliminary side of things is Arkansas and Auburn. Uh, Auburn's lost eight of its last 12, even after uh, beating Tennessee to close the regular season. They are considered a bubble team at this point still uh, by Jerry Palm entering the SEC tournament. And then Arkansas, I just thought they were going to get it together uh, once Nick Smith got back. I still think all the ingredients are there, but they're limping into this tournament on the heels of three straight losses. In fact, they're just two and five since Nick Smith returned to the lineup. And statistically, he's been really great in the in the games that he has started since he's returned over the last few weeks. But the Hogs, uh, are they safe? I mean, Paul technically doesn't have them on the bubble, but I mean, they're a nine seed. I, I suppose there's a scenario here where, where things get a little dicey for them. It, I think they're safe. You bring up a good point. I think I think Auburn's in. It's a lock. I made my case for that on Sunday night, on Sunday night's episode. Um, because because I just at a certain point, man, you had a lot of these resumes, and uh, there's only one game, one more game for some of these teams, right? And then uh, some teams will get two or three more in their conference tournaments, depending on how they win. Um, I think Auburn has done enough. It's nine and ten in quad one. Arkansas is actually super interesting. So Arkansas has three quad one wins. It's seven and eleven in the top two quadrants with a quad three loss. There are some. How about this? There are Michigan vibes here, except the computers are all in on Arkansas, so it's safe. Right now, Arkansas ranks 21st or better in every predictive metric of the six team sheets. And then the two resume metrics, you hear me mention those a lot. I'll repeat them again. KPI, which is, this has nothing to do with how much you've beat a team by, what you're projected to be. This is strictly on who you've beat. Total resume, that's it. 24 there. It's 42nd in strength of record. Arkansas is vulnerable, but I think it's going to get in. But there's a ton of fascinating stuff happening with that team from the players it has available, what it has and hasn't done. It's skidding into this bracket and the resume is up. It's like Arkansas is like Providence. It's, it's up for some real scrutiny. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's certainly a, certainly a good point and something to keep an eye on some players yeah. to know. Okay, go ahead. You have one well, more thought. I was just saying like they go to Rupp and, and crush Kentucky without Nick Smith. And then Nick Smith comes back the number one overall prospect in the nation, true freshman. And they haven't improved. But Muss is the type who, over time, always gets players uh, to gel together and always seems to get the most out of his roster as the season goes along. So there's that part of me that just can't let Arkansas go. So they're, I mean, they're not the team that I'm going to pick as my, you know, bid thief or like dark horse or yeah. whatever. But they are a team that I, I think is uh, potentially dangerous and among the most intriguing of any in the country uh, this week. That's a seven Eastern tip on Thursday on on the SEC Network. Uh, loser of Arkansas Auburn. Um, just track it for where they wind up in the bracket. That'll certainly be intriguing. Some players to know. Um, Brandon Miller's obviously the most accomplished player. He's the most talented player in the league. 19.6 points per game. Uh, Antonio Reeves is averaging 14.2 for the season, but he has been one of the three best players in the in the conference uh, in, in the past minute here or so. Uh, we got a couple of fourths in this league that you got to know. Ricky Council, the fourth from Arkansas. And Wade Taylor, the fourth at Texas A&M, who's a really, really good point guard. Both those guys are averaging 16 and a half points per game. Kobe Brown at Mizzou is another name I'd give you. Kobe Brown's good enough. When you look at that bracket there and Mizzou's just chilling on the four line, I don't, maybe Alabama is, is ripe to get picked off. And if it doesn't happen in his first game, does it happen in the semis? And could Mizzou maybe be that team? We'll see. The, you know, it's going to be Tennessee or Missouri almost definitely. In fact, I'll say definitely. Uh, Ole Miss and South Carolina have no shot at getting to the semis here. So either Tennessee or Mizzou will wind up facing off in that semifinal on the top half of the bracket there. Kobe Brown's a really good player and has done it for a while. And uh, I'm really excited for him and that Missouri team with Dennis Gates to have a chance to uh, to add to the resume. They're obviously going to the NCAA tournament. And that's certainly... Uh, 
um, something to keep an eye on. Any players I did not mention, Cobb, that kind of sticked out to you from an SEC standpoint? Just wanted to give a couple there, but Miller, Reeves, Council, Taylor, and Kobe Brown were five off the top of my head. Yes, Matt. In fact, I'm going to give you this individual stat line from the last 11 games to make you guess who it is Ooh. I'm talking about. I love this. All right, let's have it. All right, the, the individual in question here, over his last 11 games, averaging 18.3 points per game, 8.9 rebounds, that's kind of a giveaway, and also 2.3 assists while shooting 62.2% from the floor. That's over this person's last 11 games. Who am I talking about? Give me that stat line one more time. 18.3, 8.9, 2.3 2 .3 on 62.2 .2 from the floor. Man, um, you might. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint here. YouTube hint. You, you see what I'm doing on the YouTube? With, <laughs> what, 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 what have I got here? Oh, is it? Um, is it? Uh, what's is it? Smith at Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm ringing my cowbell for those of yeah. you. Who, He's, yeah, you, you want to go obscure? That is. Look at you. No, no. And nothing obscure about it. He's one of the best players in the league over the last six weeks. You compare his stat line to Oscar Sheboy's over that same time. In the Oscars' last 11 games, 16.1, 11.6. So he does have him beat on the glass. No surprise there. On 52.6% shooting. So best big man in the SEC right now, it, it's not Oscar. It's, it's Tolu Smith at Mississippi State. Good stuff. Um, let's talk bubble teams here. Teams that need to get at least one win to have their name called on, on Selection Sunday. Arkansas, Auburn, we talked to them. They, they should be safe. But just intriguing stuff to watch. Mississippi State feels like the only team that actually qualifies here. Vandy, I'm getting to you in just a second. Hold on. Um, all team sheet metrics as we record this on Monday afternoon for Mississippi State, between 40 and 54. 7 and 10 in the top two quadrants. They do have the loss against Georgia. Um, Mississippi State is probably, if, if you want them in the field right now, they're one of the last two or three in, I would, I would think. Um, four quad one wins. I could go either way with this team. I would strongly advise uh, Klanga gets the win over Florida. I think it's out if it loses. Kyle, I got to think you agree. Yeah, you can't lose that game against a Florida team that doesn't have Colin Castleton. So talking about Tolu Smith, no, no excuse for him not to eat in that game against the Gators. And then, you know, you look at Mississippi State in a potential quarterfinal matchup with Alabama. They took Alabama uh, down to the wire in Tuscaloosa several weeks back before the Brandon Miller stuff came out. So I don't think they'll necessarily be in any way, shape or form intimidated by a potential quarterfinal game against Alabama. So, I mean, tipping my hand here, but but Mississippi State is sort of my dark horse uh, and, and they might even qualify, you know, as a quote unquote bid thief, uh, given where they stand uh, as one of the last four in at the moment, according to Jerry Palm. So, you know, they're a, a dangerous team, a team that's been playing well over the last few weeks. And yeah, absolute must win against a, a Florida team that only chance at this point for them would be to to run the table. And, and that's not going to happen without Castleton. Now, let's talk Vandy real quick. This was a 10 and 12 team entering February. It has won eight of its past nine. The only loss at LSU, the 15th seed in this conference, but um, it is it is closing in. It just needs to it needs to make a run here in the tournament because right now its metrics just don't support an at large case. 83 in the net, 85 in BPI, 81 in Ken Palm, 70 in Sagarin. It is healthy in KPI at 40, and then 52 in strength of record. But it's sub 500 quad one quad two. But it's a it's a good record, nine and ten. That's better than a lot of other teams. And then. It's got the three combined Q3, Q4 losses, which is what's dragging it down. Vandy, I can't call you a bubble team yet. Uh, you need to beat Kentucky. If Vandy beats Kentucky, we've got a really interesting conversation, but you got to do it 
We'll keep an eye on that. Jerry Stackhouse has done a really, really good job. Uh, and on that note, as I transition, Vandy is my pick for Bid Thief or a fringe bubble team that can that can win it. If I'm looking at this bracket right here, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please again go ahead. You don't even have to smash. How about just a little, just a little, little touch, a little touch for us if you could. Appreciate you so much. Vandy over Kentucky is not inconceivable because hello, we just saw it happen. And then you got Arkansas, A and M or Auburn in the semis. All those teams, that, that is a gettable situation. So I do expect uh, the SEC, similar to what we talked about in the Big Ten episode, to, to be, <laughs> I just, I think there's going to be, I think, Cobb, we are going to have, we are going to see in these conference tournaments a level of exciting finishes, but results on balance that are going to reflect what we just watched for three and a half months. I mean, there had never been more ranked teams that lost to unranked opponents this season than ever before. This was the most in, in any given season we'd ever seen that. And ranked teams in total took more losses in the regular season than any season before. So I think these conference tournaments are going to reflect that. And I think that you're going to have at, at most two one seeds of the six big six leagues win, win their conference tournaments too. I set the over-under on HQ at 1.5. I'm saying it's two. I do think Alabama has a chance to be one of them, but my long shot, dark horse, bid thief candidate, it's Vandy on the six line. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going Mississippi State, and, and it's just because I'm a little worried about the sustainability with Vanderbilt now that Liam Robbins is done. Uh, yes. That's that's a, a tough pill for them to swallow, and I know they they overcame that in you know, their regular season finale, and like all the credit in the world goes to Stack for figuring this thing out and going from a coach who I thought was on the hot seat in early January to one who is now receiving widespread praise for doing an incredible job. And that, that praise will only grow if he does manage to uh, piece something together here without, without their big man and Liam Robbins. But yeah, Mississippi state is that team for me. Uh, you go back and look, you know, they were one in seven to start the the league play this year, but it's because uh, four of their first eight games in, in league were against either Alabama or Tennessee. It was just an absolutely front loaded schedule and now they're deep into year one under Chris Jans. It seems like that roster understands how he wants to play. And Tolu Smith is is on a uh, an incredible heater. So, yeah, Mississippi State's that team that I think could, you know, I would pick to sort of make a surprise run here this week. You mentioned hot seat stuff. The only situation in the SEC where that applies, Ole Miss already fired Kermit Davis. Everyone else, uh, as things stand right now anyway, not expected to have any other coaching changes in that league. Before we pick our title game matchup and winner, um, I got to ask you about your Vols. Just got talk on them real quick here. They're the five seed. No Ziegler out for the year with an ACL. Uh, Tennessee was thought to maybe potentially be the one seed in this conference, you know, a couple months back. And and we look up here. They they assemble the bracket. It shakes out like this. UT on the five line. What should Tennessee fans expect? And what is reasonable for both, you know, this SEC tournament, but for the rest of March? Yeah, I mean, just for those who may not be aware, Zakai Ziegler, starting point guard, sort of the heartbeat of the team. He's done for the year. Five foot nine dynamo, under underlooked prospect, sophomore, uh, brutal injury there for him. Uh, other than that, I had pretty detailed notes for every team I thought we might discuss here on this pod. And then for Tennessee, I said, who knows, man? Yeah, there uh, we go. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. You know, the, the offensive struggles are, are what they are. The, the defensive uh, element of it is still incredibly impressive. They're number one in the country still at Ken Palm in defensive efficiency, at least at, at last check. So I like the potential second round matchup against Missouri. That's a team that won on a buzzer beater in Knoxville in a, in a really crazy game a few weeks back. Uh, it, here's the deal. I just don't trust Tennessee to string wins together. Uh, they, they, you know, the, the offensive struggles, especially without Ziegler, are going to be too much for them to overcome. 
uh, and string victories together. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in them to do that at this point. What do you got in the title game, Cobb? who do you got winning this thing? Yeah, uh, I'm, I guess I'm going a little off the beaten path here in the sense of, you know, I don't have Alabama playing for, for the title. Okay. Uh, I have Texas A&M beating Missouri. Look at it, you in the so SEC. A chance to get to A&M because we haven't talked a bunch about them. Why? Why are you in? Did you say A&M over Mizzou? I love. I and that's, that's that is that is within the realm of possibility, no doubt about it. Uh, why A&M? What is it about that team that gives you a certain level of confidence heading here into the week? Well, Wade Taylor is just the most overlooked player probably in the country. Uh, the sophomore guard for Texas A&M uh, on a, on a heater recently. All right, I got some more stats for you. 21.3 over his last eight. And that's on only 36.6 from, from inside the arc, but he's shooting 43% from beyond the arc. And he's getting to the free throw line at a ridiculous clip. Uh, 8.5 made free throws per game over his last eight. Uh, the, you know, Texas A&M leads the country in free throw attempts per game. Uh, they make a decent amount of them. Uh, they're going to get to the line. Uh, that's a steady, store, steady source of income for them. Uh, getting to the free throw line. I don't know. Um, They've just been one of the best teams in the league over the last uh, couple months. I think if you sorted at, at Bart Torvik, as you guys uh, have enlightened me on, uh, Texas A&M ranks as the number six team in the country since the beginning of February. So uh, they're just they're they're playing good ball at the right time, and and you know I, I think this means something to them too because you know last year they got all the way to the final, they lost to Tennessee. Buzz Williams, you know, was was displeased that they didn't make the NCAA tournament. I think there's there's a redemption element at play here, and when you get down to the conference tournament season. Uh, what do you have to play for? To me, that's a a huge tell and what a team's going to bring you in, in a given week. You know, in Alabama, what do they have to play for? They, they might be secure on the they one line. Uh, they got to play for one seed. They can't. There's there's enough there, and they they probably in that locker room. They probably you know they've they've built up some opponents, uh, both real and imaginary, to to push. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount Alabama's motivations. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I like A&M over Missouri. Uh, Missouri's offense is, is incredible. They're, they're a tough matchup. Uh, they've won their last four heading into the tournament. So you got the... the I, I just look at the two hottest teams in the league um, in Texas A&M and Missouri. You could argue that Mississippi State is in that group as well. But uh, in that sense, uh, I'm going Aggies over Tigers. I will go Kentucky... Losing to Bama in the title game, I'll go with Bama. I will. I will take Alabama, which is the most talented team in the league. Uh, but I am fascinated to see how the next three games will go if it gets to be three games for the Crimson Tide. I will say this is one of the conferences where the one seed wins. I think Kentucky A and M has the best chance to be the most entertaining game in this conference tournament. That said, I mean it could be it could come from anywhere, but I could see those two teams really battling out. To uh, to a to a fun to a fun game. Kentucky won the one and only matchup between those two programs back in January. That was a home game in Rupp, and uh, and UK got the win. That's that's a rare instance, by the way, of A and M taking an L. It only has three. Texas A and M has only lost three times since December twentieth. To Cobb's point about the team playing hot, but I will go. I'll go Bama winning, and uh, in doing so, securing a one seed. Kentucky. In that situation with a loss, Kentucky getting to the SEC title game, then again, that doesn't even matter. Um, I could see if Kentucky gets to the title game, though, there could be a case five or six seed. I'd have to see what happens around him. It should be uh, should be pretty interesting. As we wrap, I want to ask you one more time. Looking forward to, to being on, on site there, to, to covering, taking this all in in person. Big conference tournament. Will yeah, this yeah. be your first time covering a... A big league tournament in person, or have you done it before? 
Uh, for CBS, it will be. Yeah. I did cover a couple of SEC tournaments when I was on the, the Tennessee beat back in the day. I was in uh, St. Louis. Oh, gosh, that was the year I think that Kentucky had like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Ended up, they ended up winning that tournament. And then I was in Nashville uh, when Tennessee and Kentucky played again. Man, this is bad. I can't even remember uh, who played in the title games when I was there. But I've been to a couple of SEC tournaments before. So uh, it's a good time. Uh, there's some really interesting stories in, in the SEC right now, in particular with uh, Alabama and, and with Kentucky, too, and, and beyond that. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good time. It, it's, it's a crazy, crazy week. I won't just be working on SEC tournament stuff while I'm there. You know, uh, we'll, we'll be you know running around like crazy, uh, getting all, all the conference tournament stuff updated on, on the site. So uh, hopefully the Wi-Fi connection is strong. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Um, and hopefully the free meals are tasty. We shall see. He's at D- David W. Cobb with two B's. David W. Cobb on Twitter. Please follow him. He does awesome work for us at CBSSports.com. And of course, occasionally hops on the pod. He will have more appearances as the month goes along. And he does stuff for the YouTube channel as well. Cobb, I appreciate you so much. Best of luck on your episode with Parrish coming up soon here. Thank you to everyone again for checking in and listening. We got four more of these coming right down the pike over the next two days. Stay tuned. More coming at you real quick. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.